You're listening to The Melting Podcast, a writing variety show featuring a little of everything from everyone, everywhere. Hey there, lexicon stewards and word chefs. Welcome to episode 48 of The Melting Podcast. I'm your head chef, AF Grappin, and this is another episode that is just me right now. We are on the home stretch of getting things back up to normal. I'm hoping our August 1st episode will be back up to snuff, if not mid-month August, September 1st at the latest, we'll be back to normal. You'll get your mystery meals again, you'll get your botched recipes again, we'll ba- you'll get Aaron and Theo again. That's, that's, that's kind of the biggie, isn't it? I want to go ahead and start just by a reminder, we do need submissions pretty badly. We are running very low, particularly on Stoke the Fire stories. So I do want to put out a submissions call. We, we we need flash fiction. We need Stoke the Fires. And we do currently have two open prompts right now. Prompt number 12, which is write a story featuring some kind of mystic cheese. And prompt number 13, where did the corn go? Um, write stories based on those prompts, 1,500 words or less, and submit them to themeltingpodcast at gmail.com in um, RTF or DOC or DOCX formats. And yeah, we really need it. If you want us to keep having a show, we need content. We still have a few main ingredients, but I mean, we're always accepting main ingredients too. That's stories on any topic, up to 5,000 words. Um, and while I'm on the subject of submissions, we want to be a paying market. Even Not, not pro rates, I don't know that that's anything anywhere near in the cards right now, but we do want to be able to pay authors. So please go check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash afgrappin and consider becoming a backer. As little as $1 an episode, you can make a big difference on what we do here at the podcast. For those of you who are already backers, I know as of right now, I am behind on getting you your physical swag rewards. Um, I apologize for that. That is partly because I don't have access to all my stuff right now. Once I'm settled into my new place, I should be getting back on track with getting those out. So thank you so much for your patience. As far as this episode goes, very short episode again. We have a main ingredient story for you. This is a word chef that you have seen before. Um, This is another great story. And this is a main ingredient that only took one voice actor. So this is all me. Um, I really hope I do it justice, so I'm going to go ahead and give you the story. Bon appétit. A Little Tinkering by J.K. Miles Well, that most definitely did not work. This thought passed through Meander's mind as he huddled behind his hastily chosen cover. Sizzling bolts of superheated gas whizzed overhead. The sound of discharging rifles rang in his ears. Again. Four attempts. Four failures to stop this damned war. The Kifari were lumbering vicious numbskulls devoid of any scrap of wisdom, but you had to give it to them. They were enthusiastic warriors and excellent marksmen. The last three times Meander had materialized at the Overlook. The hostilities were escalating, but it was still a manageable project. The weapons were bronze swords at first. A century or so later, the Kafari graduated to crude slug throwers. 
Except for that one clumsy attempt at chemical agents, Meander's vantage point had always been safe. Well, safe for him. After his latest adjustment to the time stream, certainly he should have seen some decrease in hostility. The rumble of tanks proved otherwise. Clearly, he would just have to step up his game. Meander closed his eyes and shut out the cries of troops charging the enemy line. He instead imagined atoms swirling in the void. He cracked open one of those atoms, peeled back the ripe nuclei. The quarks lay inside, buzzing and blinking on and off in plank time. He brushed the quantum field gently and felt the wanton coupling and uncoupling of bosons and fermion strings vibrating in a rhythm no one, least of all time travelers, understood. Meander slipped into the stream of quantum entanglement. He was no longer anywhere. He was somehow localized and yet impossibly expanded. He felt what time travelers have felt since the very first time anyone had dared pierce the quanta. He felt himself pulled and then released by some unknown hand, and he vibrated like a plucked harp string in a chord progression that hummed in the void. A million years or a second later, the pulsating string that had been Meander managed with great effort to form the will to cease its harmonious tremolo. He stretched himself into the quantum field and then into the atomic swirl and by stages into himself. His first sensation was waist-high grass brushing against his fingers. It was the same species of grass in the very same field. Without fission-powered tanks to grind it flat, however, the primeval grassland flourished, filling the air with a faint lemon scent. His research indicated that the species he was looking for was a small, slightly pudgy mammalian creature, less than a meter tall or long, with a proboscis and prominent distal nasal cavities. After a short walk, he found some milling about and scavenging on the remains of prehistoric reptiles. They scurried when Meander strode among them. At first, their timidity made him think he had erred in his research. How could the thick-headed and bloody-minded Kifari evolve from such a timid species? Not wishing to make a mistake, and because he literally had all the time in the world, Meander erected a perimeter to pen the little creatures and observe them. After an hour or two, there was no doubt. He had not made a mistake. Without places to hide, the behavior of the little grass-dwellers changed dramatically. There was no other way to describe it. The little buggers became crazed and vicious. Some of them repeatedly threw themselves into Meander's barrier until they laid bloodied and spent. The rest began to fight. It was remarkable. Over several nights, Meander sat by his fire and watched as the things rapidly developed complex social orders. When he observed rudimentary clan formation one morning, he was both startled and mesmerized. Never had he seen such social adaptation so quickly in a species. Within a fortnight, some of the clans had united and squared off over limited resources. A very familiar battlefield was forming right before his eyes in miniature. Meander had seen enough. He'd been commissioned to stop a genocidal war. He had tried less drastic measures. Initially, he had toppled a dynasty here and there. When the fateful battle still happened, he adjusted the development of trade and technology at key points. This had been unfortunate. Something he tinkered with had led to the chemical agent fiasco. He abandoned the strategy immediately, but he still bore the scars from chemical burns. Targeted killing of military instigators had been the next step. 
but the bloodthirsty little tactical geniuses just would not take the hint. If this did not work, Meander would likely have to admit defeat. With a grunt of determination, Meander stood up and reached down into the pen and picked up one of the Kafari ancestors. She was cowering in a corner seconds from being devoured by several strong males because she wasn't good breeding material. He held her up to his face and squinted at her in the firelight. The wiggling creature shivered in abject fear, its nasal protuberance sniffing left and right, just trying to make sense of it all. Meander closed his eyes, and then he was sorting amino acids and fiddling with mitochondria. He found the hitch in the genetic code fairly easily. A snip here and a tuck there in the chain of nucleic acids, and the female was devoid of the aggressive sequence causing all the trouble. He did the same to a hardy but relatively docile male that wouldn't have seen the sunrise if a phalanx of dominant warrior mammals managed to break the enemy line. He placed them in his tent for safekeeping. By the time he had dealt with the rest, his two prototypes had already started mating. After the second litter, he tagged and released them. It only took a few days to hunt down all of the strays and vaporize them. Meander smiled at the irony. The weapon of choice was a certain superheated gas discharging rifle. back it's so lonely so lonely uh I, unfortunately i don't really have a whole lot of other content right for you right now like i said i've said in the past we've got we've got a couple of mystery meals that are ready to be produced but just me reading to an empty room isn't as funny as you know any of us reading to each other um so we'll be getting back on track with those, and we haven't been having any prompts for those in our Facebook or Twitter feeds because I don't want to have a backlog of like 16 mystery meals before we get to do any of them. We've got two on the back burner, and once we get one of those produced, we'll go ahead and start another one. So keep your eyes out probably in the month of August for mystery meals again. I'm excited. Before I close up today, I'm going to go ahead and just put you on a promo. So have a listen to this. Stillwater, West Virginia, a town as hard and unfeeling as the coal that hides deep in the mountains around it. But something else lies buried in the hills of Stillwater, something much darker, an evil beyond time, waiting to rise and bathe the world in blood and fire. When miners unwittingly dig into its tomb, only Kyle, Stillwater's prodigal son, and paranormal investigator Maya stand between humanity and hell. Time is short, and evil runs deep in still water. Written by Justin R. McCumber and published by Griffinwood Press, Still Water is a dark journey into the heart of evil. Kane Gilmore, best-selling author of Ragnarok and The Crypt of Dracula, says, In Stillwater, Justin R. McCumber brings all the vivid Americana of Stephen King and all the creeping evil menace of Lovecraft to a claustrophobic tale of horror lurking in the deep parts of the world. And Jeremy Bishop, author of Refuge, warns, 
You'll want to leave the light on long after you've turned the final page of this dark thriller. Stillwater is available in print and ebook from all fine online retailers. The audiobook, narrated by Veronica Jaguer, can be found at audible.com, Amazon, and iTunes. To learn more about the author, please go to www.justinmacumber.com as well as facebook.com forward slash Justin R. McCumber. Don't get lost in the dark. That's going to be it for me for this mid-month July episode. I am sorry again about the length, the lack of content. This holding pattern that we're in is, again, so close to the end. Um, I do want to remind you to please go to iTunes. Um, find the Melting Podcast in the iTunes store. Give us a review. Give us a rating. They help tremendously with helping other people find us. Check out our Facebook group, The Melting Podcast. Uh, it's... It's not that active right now, and I, I'd like to change that. I really want to get some good interaction with our fans. That's also where we put up our requests for mystery mail words. So if you want to get involved, that's the place to do it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Melting Podcast. And you can also check out shop.spreadshirt.com slash the Melting Podcast. That's our swag store. You can get mugs, aprons, and stuff there. Um, once again, once... Life is back to normal. I should be getting that all updated, get our website updated. There's a lot that I'm going to be doing over the next few months as we enter our third year. Well, second, third. Yeah, third anniversary. So second year, third year, fourth year. I don't know. Time has passed. Our third anniversary is coming up. Um, so yeah, our Patreon again, iTunes, Spreadshirt. Message us, email us. I want to call again for submissions. We need these submissions, guys. We enjoy your writing so much, and we want to keep doing this. We can't do that without you guys. So if you're a writer, 1,500 words isn't a lot. If you're just thinking about maybe trying your hand at writing a story, please do. We want new authors. We want people to try things out with us. Um, it's so cathartic. To hear your own words written, you know, read out loud and produced in a story like this. And we enjoy it. We want to be that, uh, that encouraging sounding board. So please write short stories up to 5,000 words. Look at our prompts, write words, uh, write stories up to 1,500 words on those and send them to us. That is going to be it. Uh, hopefully our next episode, you'll hear Aaron and Theo again, or at least one of them. And we'll be getting back on track with our lives for our third anniversary, hopefully third anniversary spectacular. Um, until then, I'm AF Grappin. This is the Melting Podcast. Send us stuff, and we'll use it to feed the masses. Thank you for listening to the Melting Podcast. You can check out our website with submission guidelines and current prompts at themeltingpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Melting Podcast. Or you can email us themeltingpodcast at gmail.com The Melting Podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial no derivatives license which means you're free to copy it and share it as long as you don't change it, don't sell it and always link back to the website Sound effects are by the Free Sound Project And our theme is by Drew Rich Creek.
Send us stuff.